Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Hi, this is Bryce from Precision Nutrition, reading today's article, Calorie Restriction and Intermittent Fasting. Is the Fountain of Youth Really in Your Kitchen? By Bartek Nogel. Is living longer a simple matter of eating less? Here we look at two increasingly popular diets and their potential effects on longevity. As a species, we've been after the fountain of youth for thousands of years. Ask your doctor what the secret to living beyond 100 is, and he or she will probably have a chuckle and tell you to eat healthy, stay active, and cross your fingers. A lot of it is luck and genetics. But you've probably heard whispers about certain diets that promise longer, healthier lives. People on the fringe, and I'm not offending them here because they are proud to be on the fringe. They're people who practice calorie restriction and intermittent fasting, believing that eating a lot less may help you live a lot more and better. Should we all be shrinking and or skipping meals if we want to live long enough to see time travel and flying cars? Well, let's find out. What is aging and why does it happen? Here's a fascinating fact. The molecular clock in our germline cells, those from which our offspring are made when egg and sperm combine, is kept at zero. If it weren't, babies would actually be born at mom or dad's age. If ageless cells already exist, this means we could be immortal one day. It's possible, at least in theory. Why then? Do we age? We don't completely know for sure. What we do know is that it takes a lot of energy to maintain cells and repair the damage that occurs throughout a lifetime. Wear and tear takes a toll. Cells break down, much like cars. DNA damage in our cells' nuclei and mitochondria start to accumulate. Meanwhile, the older we get, the harder it is to repair things. At a certain point, the damage is bad enough and widespread enough that our cells can't fix it. This means our cells and our tissues oxidize, become inflamed, and or fill up with waste, which leads to chronic diseases like cancer, metabolic disruptions, and or neurodegenerative disease. And, in case you haven't noticed, this functional decline ends in death. Naturally, we'd all like to find a way to delay that. And it may not be as far out as it seems. And no, we don't have to wait for robotic avatars to replace the human body. If the mechanisms that cause us to age and die are closely associated with the factors behind chronic disease, 
than to delay aging and death, we can focus on preventing the cellular damage and health problems that cause them. Pretty nifty. Obviously, if you want to age well, start with a healthy diet. But you may be able to take it a step further. Evidence shows that prudent and well-designed dietary restriction can help. But before we get into the details, let's take a step back and define longevity. How are we doing, anyway? Thanks to advancements like improved sanitation, vaccination, the use of antibiotic and antiviral drugs, and life-lengthening treatments for cancer and heart disease, over the past few decades, average life expectancy has steadily gone up. Babies born in 2013 can expect to live to an average age of 78.7. That's five years longer than the at-birth life expectancy in 1980. One study suggests that, assuming progress in medicine continues, life expectancy at birth could be about 90 years old by 2050. Given this upward trend, why should we even care about aging? Well, while our life expectancy may be increasing thanks to modern medicine, our health span, the number of years we're healthy and disease-free, is shrinking. According to the World Health Organization, more than a third of the U.S. population is obese. About the same proportion will be diabetic by 2050, if current lifestyle trends continue. Sure, as a population, we live longer. And thankfully, we think that's important now. Nobody floats us out to sea on an iceberg or leaves us behind to fend for ourselves the moment we become enfeebled. But we don't always live better. We survive, held together by the duct tape of pharmaceuticals and surgery. We get around as best we can with assistive devices and lifestyle clutches. We survive, but don't necessarily thrive. Luckily, there are other options. By improving our diets and getting more active, we can live longer and better. So let's take a look at caloric restriction. Researchers define caloric restriction, or CR, as reducing food intake while avoiding malnutrition. In animal studies, this usually means consuming 30-40% to 40% fewer calories than the standard daily requirement. That's the equivalent of limiting daily intake to around 1,200 calories for women and 1,400 for men. CR has prolonged life in dogs, rodents, worms, flies, yeast, different kinds of bugs, and arguably non-human primates by 30 to 50%. Wow, if that's the case, then why aren't we all restricting calories like crazy? Well, besides the fact that most of us love to eat. First of all, this is animal research we're talking about here. And just because something's true for an animal kept in laboratory conditions doesn't mean the same will be true for a human in the wild. Humans live a lot longer than the animals used for CR experiments. A mouse that spends 12 months on a calorie-restricted diet has just devoted half its life to the cause. Plus, reducing calories by 30-50% to 50 in the modern human diet could easily lead to malnutrition, since the processed foods many have come to rely heavily on aren't exactly nutrient-dense. In that case, CR would actually decrease your health span, and potentially life expectancy instead. In short, you are not a rat. 
However, there is some real-world evidence that restricting calorie intake by just 15% over the long term may be effective in humans. Let's take a closer look at something called the Okinawa Experiment. Maybe you've heard of the Japanese island of Okinawa. 50 people out of every 100,000 in Okinawa live to be at least 100 years old. That's five times as many in the U.S. Naturally, researchers are all over this. What makes Okinawans live so long? Well, here's what one study revealed. Okinawans had 80% lower mortality from coronary heart disease and 40% less from cancer than folks in the U.S. Older Okinawans consumed 1,780 calories daily, 11-15% to fewer than would normally be recommended to maintain their body weight. Adult BMI averaged 21, compared to 29 in the U.S., and people reached peak body weight in young adulthood. The older folks ate a diet low in protein and rich in functional foods, ones believed to promote health, potentially adding to the effects of calorie restriction. Younger Okinawans, who did not follow a CR diet, had higher BMIs at all ages, as well as higher incidence of type 2 diabetes and higher risk of heart disease. Now note that this study was not a controlled clinical trial, so the significance of these results is still debated. But still, these findings are interesting because they involve human subjects. Also, the younger population, who eat more like typical modern humans, served as a sort of negative control. It showed that Okinawans are not a naturally long-lived population for genetic or other reasons. Could the Okinawans' calorie-restricted diet be their trick for avoiding chronic disease? Maybe, but there's a key factor that can't be overlooked. Protein. So, is it just all about the protein? Sure, the older Okinawans don't eat much. More specifically, though, they don't eat much protein. Controlled studies on humans confirm that living longer depends on lower levels of the hormone insulin-like growth factor, or IGF-1. How do you reduce IGF-1? Eat less protein. This suggests that unless we cut back on protein, reducing calories won't really affect how long we live. It works differently in rodents. One more bit of proof that you're not a rat. Thus, in essence, effective caloric restriction in humans is really caloric restriction plus protein restriction. So, should we do like the Okinawans do and reduce dietary protein to reach the big 100? Not necessarily. First, IGF-1 plays an important role in childhood growth. It is no surprise, then, that Okinawans tend to be on the small side, even smaller than the rest of the Japanese population. In adulthood, we need IGF-1 for building muscle mass. This is why reducing protein and trying to maintain or gain muscle are mutually exclusive goals. Which might give you pause if you're hoping for a six-pack, or even simply improved strength. And here are some drawbacks of CR. As it turns out, that's not the only potential drawback of a prolonged calorie and protein-restricted diet. With such a diet, we also risk the following. Depleting our growth, insulin, and thyroid hormones. Age-related muscle wasting, aka sarcopenia. 
having less bone mass and more osteoporosis, poor cardiac health, IGF-1 helps maintain the heart muscle, amenorrhea, missing menstrual periods, weaker immune systems and slower healing, lowering our libidos and fertility, worse athletic performance and less strength, anemia, and getting more forgetful with reduced cognitive function. So how come the Okinawans seem to escape these problems? While their nutrient-rich diet probably helps, certain aspects of their environment and lifestyle could also play a role. Plus, they've been eating this way for generations, so it's possible they've evolved to handle it. Luckily for those of us who would like to increase our health span and maintain our fitness, caloric restriction is not the only path. Enter intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting, or IF, may sound technical, but all it really means is going for extended periods without eating. Throughout the world, there are many tribes who naturally experience some form of IF. Among them, many show no signs of age-associated problems like cancer, neurodegeneration, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, or hypertension. The reality is that fasting is an intrinsic part of human life. IF in its most basic form is called sleeping. There are many ways to do IF on purpose, including skipping meals, alternate day fasting, eat, stop, eat, and more. And for a full rundown, you can check out PN's popular free ebook on this topic, Experiments with Intermittent Fasting. Check it out yourself online at precisionnutrition.com forward slash intermittent dash fasting. Now, recent research shows that IF, when done properly, might help regulate blood glucose, control blood lipids, reduce the risk of coronary disease, manage body weight, help us gain or maintain lean mass, reduce the risk of cancer, and more. These studies are still in their early stages, so there's plenty of room for skepticism. However, the findings indicate that IF could have a significant impact on our health span. That means that IF may be a more effective method for lengthening your life, because it provides similar metabolic benefits as long-term CR, lacks many of the negative side effects of CR, is more manageable psychologically and therefore easier to adhere to, and won't necessarily help you lose weight, a plus if that's not your goal, but will still protect you from metabolic damage. Finally, there's related protocol called periodic fasting, or PF. The idea here is the same, except that fasting cycles are longer, typically two or more days, and separated by at least one week to allow for any lost weight to be regained. According to research, PF tends to produce more prolonged changes in growth factors and metabolic biomarkers, indicating that it may provide greater health benefits than IF, but it remains to be seen which is truly better for longevity. Overall, we file IF and PF's health benefits under inconclusive but really interesting. Now here's an important side note. Intermittent fasting is not a healthy option for everybody. Active women in particular should be cautious. We just don't know whether IF's benefits in exercising women outweigh the possible risks. And we don't advise IF at all if you're pregnant, 
have a history of disordered eating, are chronically stressed, which covers a lot of us in the 21st century, if you don't sleep well, or if you're new to diet and exercise. There are plenty of other measures you can take to improve your health span if any of these describe you, so focus on those before you consider fasting. Take a look at our article online at precisionnutrition.com forward slash fix dash a dash broken dash diet. So let's talk about the role of exercise. It goes without saying that we should all be doing some sort of conditioning exercise a few times a week. But the combination of exercise and IF in particular has synergistic effects on insulin sensitivity and inflammation. Though we have little scientific evidence that working out can directly extend lifespan on its own, the proven health benefits of exercise, including aerobic capacity, muscle mass, strength and improved bone density, are enough to convince most. Add physical activity to your life, and you may protect yourself from heart disease, diabetes, and osteoporosis. And to this day, exercise is the best intervention for age-related muscle loss that we know of. No drug comes close. What do animal studies say about exercise and IF? You might be interested to know that our most frequently used exercise model, mus musculus, or the common mouse, does not die of the same ailments as we homo sapiens. They most often fall to kidney disease and cancer. So exercise will do very little for Mickey's quest to live forever. What did I tell you? You are not a rat. All right, what to do next? As it stands, we don't have enough evidence to safely recommend long-term CR as an anti-aging strategy. Remember, CR can put you at risk for malnutrition. And because it appears to require protein restriction, CR's health risks probably outweigh the potential benefits. Not to mention that CR is a major commitment that would be tough to balance with any kind of social life. All in all, IF seems like a better bet than CR for those hunting for the fountain of youth and those comfortable with self-experimentation. So which IF protocol to choose? Given that even different types of mice respond variably to different models of dietary restriction, the optimal IF approach for you may be the one that best fits your lifestyle. And genetics, but we're not there yet with the science. We do know that when we fast, our bodies can begin a famine-type response as soon as glycogen, our stored energy, is depleted, generally in just 12 to 24 hours. So the most balanced solution for most may be a slightly extended overnight fast, which might provide similar benefits to the more extreme IF regimes while having virtually no impact on our daily schedules. Best advice? Take it easy. Remember, this is intermittent fasting, not intermittent eating. Here's how to get started. Be flexible with how you define IF for yourself. A good starting point is to try and resist eating late into the night and take a bit longer to make breakfast in the morning. Next, experiment with skipping breakfast a few times per week. Once you've determined how the longer fast makes you feel, consider instituting an honest, nightly fast of 12 to 16 hours. Once you do break the fast, have a plan. Eat healthy, whole foods. Binging on Oreos won't net you any health benefits. And keep active 
exercising regularly. And another note, if you are underweight, type 1 diabetic, or have extreme hypertension, make sure you consult with your doctor before attempting any form of dietary restriction, including the one we just mentioned. Again, intermittent fasting is not for everyone, but for some people, it may help to improve fitness and act as a fountain of youth. This was Bryce from Precision Nutrition, reading today's article, Calorie Restriction and Intermittent Fasting. Is the Fountain of Youth Really in Your Kitchen? by Bartok Nogel. You can read the article online at precisionnutrition.com forward slash fasting dash restriction dash life dash extension. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.